Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Hall, your host. This is the Peak Provider NDIS podcast. Today, I've got a returning guest, Anthony Rice from People Partners BPO. Um, People Partners is a offshoring business that's based in Australia, but also in the Philippines. And um, Anthony is one of the co-founders and directors. Um, and he, the, they have wonderful services for a variety of industries um, that can be done at a fraction of the price. So I guess the reason I'm setting all of this up is that Anthony has indeed been on the podcast before. We've talked about some very compelling business cases, such as saving up to 70% on, on wage costs. Um, and today um, we're going to deep dive into a more niche concept of getting five roles for the price of one. So that's a very long little rant of an intro. <laughs> Anthony, welcome back to the podcast. It's really good to yeah, see you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. I'm super excited. And you're exactly right. Today's mission of workforce engineering is my favorite thing to do. So if you want a bit of an introduction, feel free to go back to the first podcast because today at Chris's request, we're going to get down and dirty, so to speak, into some real actionable psychology of how to approach what we do to add massive value to your NDIS business. So that's going to be correct. 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 Because I mean, one of the things is, so we can say, okay, you get five roles for the price of one. And that is true. And one of the things that can be necessary is to have standard operating procedures in order to do so, because when you've got an offshore team or your SOPs, as they're sometimes called, um, you know, when you've got an offshore team, you've got to be able to give clear instructions. So um, as well as going into sort of the number crunching, one of the things through our conversation today I'd love to do is unpack the kind of iterative steps that you can take towards that. Because as business owners, you know, you often need to free up your time in order to actually document those uh, standard operating procedures. Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. So I'm happy to comment on some of that. I'll let you take the lead. I know you've got a bit of a slide there from us. Yeah, so. absolutely. So for those watching on YouTube, you um, we'll put this up on the screen. And for those listening in, we'll talk you through it. So um, I guess like this is a useful case study, right? So if we if we look at an annual salary of a marketing manager in Australia, you are typically paying north of $100,000. It could be anywhere from one hundred and five to one hundred and forty five. dollars And the example that we've got on the screen here is saying, rather than spending one hundred and forty five dollars on a marketing manager onshore, one could have the combination of a variety of roles. It could be something like accounts receivable and payables, that um, a marketing manager overseas, content strategist and social media, a sales manager in addition, and perhaps some form of technical support, whether it be you know web development, answering the phone, various other things. And the point is, is that those five roles, which are pervasive across your whole business and various functions, they actually add up to $133,000. So you know, hence, hence the idea of the conversation here today, like five roles truly for the price of one. Um, so Anthony, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, like what would it take to get to ramping up a team of five people? Because we, you know, we look, we've, we've hinted at SOPs and all that stuff, but, you know, in your experience, you do this every day. What's necessary if you can actually build, you know, a team of five people offshore? Okay, great. So there's a few thought processes here. So first of all, we're looking at a slide that ironically our marketing manager loves to do to point out some of her divisions. But what we want to do is we want to put you in the driver's seat and maybe change some of these roles to things like rostering, um, you know, um, care plans, management plans. If you're a sales business, maybe property monitoring. Um, and of course, my favorite, which I'd love to get into in our short time today, is, um, and I don't think we've spoken about this, Chris, but workforce engineering your care workers and segmenting okay. their role. So I'd like to get into that a little bit today. Mm. But the, the mission here, what's so great about sharing this, Chris, is that sometimes, you know, our clients will start off and they know 
that they are looking for 5, 10, 20, 30 team members. But so often NDIS businesses are just getting started mm. and they come to us looking to hire their first one or two. So what I love about this idea is setting it up from the beginning going, hey, you might be small now, but the idea is not to think of outsourcing and offshoring being I need to get that one PA or that one rostering person. You want to take a larger look at what your org chart looks like now or what your org chart should look like in the next three months, six months, one year, and start to pinpoint what we're going to fill in. Because there's no point building an offshore team with one team member when you are scaling a larger company to help change the lives of so many of your end stakeholders. Mm. So, so Chris, therefore, the, the things that you want to do and something that you really, um, before the show, pointed out is the concept of people having standard operating procedures. Mm -hmm. So we know in hiring any staff, the best way you can get duplication and leverage of your time is by teaching them a system, mm -hmm. okay? So I think um, I believe sometimes the tail has to wag the dog as well. So mm -hmm. I think on the last podcast, I made a point saying that um, for very methodical business leaders or business owners, Yes, please have your workflows in place for any given role. But mm. if you're someone that um, is a bit more dynamic, perhaps, um, and doesn't like the details, then sometimes you just get, got to go and hire your first couple of people and mm. figure out everything else as you go. So Yeah, on that, there's, there's something I want to jump in on because like um, when I see that slide, it had sales manager and marketing manager or social media coordination, et cetera. Um, I know for a fact that a lot of providers are often... Um, choosing to get their first sales or marketing person for the first time. That's often like a very common journey. Um, and I always recommend that they have a strategy in place. And I am pitching myself here because that's literally what I do as a company. So like if you, if you don't have a sales and marketing strategy, people will be, um, they're going to aim their focus and their energy. Um, so like, you know, to address this, I think you're right. It's, it is about standard operating procedures, but um, sometimes it's about putting a certain strategy in place first um, so that could be a clear example of like do a strat and then get your marketing coordinator and then do and then get your sales representative, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like also on the, you know, some personality types, because I'm a coach that teach about teaches about strengths and psychometrics and what we're naturally good at as well. Um, and I know for a fact that some people hate planning. They hate the being methodical in terms of like yeah. setting a process flow and all that stuff. And even just the thought of that will probably make them want to set on the hair on fire and run out the door. Um, or so not that, do anything. Well, yeah, exactly. And so that's okay. So, so if you know that you're that type of person, but you want to get there, then my gut tells me that maybe there's also a place on the virtual assistant EA side of things, because I've worked in businesses where, you know, there's the EA to the director, et cetera, and the business yeah. will completely fall apart without that person so like can you, can you, do you know what i mean can you, can you maybe maybe like that's how the, the yeah. basically the ea could be the horse that pulls the cart of, yeah. of standard operating procedures right great point so this is exactly right so we've started this conversation looking at the areas that your ndis businesses of your clients will need to get to okay they are going to need that sales that marketing how to get their clientele or how to get those patients how to get those guests so we know this needs to happen but a great place to start will be some of those um executive ones to leverage you so 100 in, mm. in clear prescription terms a great place to start is a PA or an EA, depending if you 
wanting to manage your life, your business or both. Mm-hmm. So definitely start with that. And then I would look to then say, okay, what are the lower order tasks as well? So I think last time we mentioned rostering. Mm-hmm. And ironically, uh, after we spoke, um, a particular NDIS group came to us and they looked at rostering and they wanted 24-7. So for them, we're doing three eight-hour shifts nice. so that they can do that. So um, so we've got the, the rostering is a great place. And the one I'd really like to point out as well as other administrative roles is the concept of um, segmenting. Because for some of you listening to this, you're going to say, okay, I love, if you've got some size, right? I love my onshore team. Good. What we do is not just replacing and finding roles that you need that you don't already have, okay? Because there's two things like we talked about last time. You're either going to look to outsource and offshore with us because you want to reduce your labor by 70%, Mm-hmm. or you can't find the talent you need, so we need to go globally, where, of course, we've been doing this in the Philippines for 15 years, but also, Chris, I don't know if I even told you, we're opening our office in South Africa as well in a couple okay. of weeks. So it's very, very exciting for some of the sales stuff that you're talking about, and we'll cover that another time. Sure. But but the concept of your care workers, so you go back and you go, okay, well, I know I need a PA. I know I need, like what we're going to talk about today, some marketing and some things that are going to come a little bit later, some sales, some marketing, some leadership. But we go, I've got some amazing onshore staff. Now, who are they? They're often your care workers. But here's the thing. The thing that I hear all the time from NDIS businesses is the concept of our timesheets aren't up to date or the care workers are doing too much admin. So without going too much away from that, I want to use the concept of five roles for the price of one Mm. because I want to say sometimes if you are having issues trying to get more out of your care workers or to find more amazing care workers don't find more look to make it more fulfilling for the ones that you've got because if you can say right all the care workers are going to do is add massive value to our end stage stakeholders but then the minute they are out of an environment in the community or a home that is when they they jump on a call or a dictation app and they speak to maybe a care coordinator so here's a role a care coordinator. Maybe it's one per support worker. Maybe it's one per three, whatever you're looking for. But that person will do all the admin. So write down all the notes that happened in that experience. Um, log when they got there, when they finished, they could do travel time and all the timesheets and really segment it so that your care workers are only adding value to that end stakeholder. There's no admin, there's nothing else like that. So, and that can be done for a whole heap of roles. And that actually came out of the concept of the sales stuff that you were talking about before. Mm. So segmenting sales roles as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because I think on that, on the care coordinator thing, um, I think that obviously depends on the on the software systems that you use. But like, I, I know for a fact from experience that there's lots of them that have got lots of manual workarounds and you know things that you have to that are quite tedious to do etc that take a lots of time so yeah i love that idea if they could know that they could just contact the coordinator the whole team like maybe all 50 staff for example can just you know yeah. go between shifts and dictate through a voice to text or something and then then the care coordinator puts it in the rostering system or the or the shift notes because right. we're legally obliged to do shift notes and it actually takes quite a bit of time so that's a really interesting right. idea actually um, exactly. So finish finish an interaction and mm. you know have a you know all of you know we we've got something we use called dictation, but our if we recommend this concept of segmentation to it to our clients, they'll they'll do whatever they want. But something mm. as simple as that. So finishing that, 
you know, hey, Janice, I've just met with uh, Betty. You know, uh, this is the time I got there. This is the time I left. Betty was telling me about X, Y, Z. She also started talking about her mother and her cousin and that they were getting married. If you could please make a note of that. Also schedule this time, this time, this time and whatever other notes need to be done. And then they just go to the next interaction with zero admin needing to be done. Really interesting. Um, tell us about the 24-7 thing a bit more because, I mean, again, like I've written guest blogs on this on your website, you yeah. know, so, you know, it, it, yeah. it can be quite common that you've got the rostering manager onshore that is the primary person, but then as the business grows, they literally yeah. can't, you know, work um, the evening or the nighttime or the weekends because, yeah, we've got to, they've got to, they've got to have a rest. Um, so I could imagine, you know, can, can you tell me any practical real life experiences of, you know, for example, let's say, in Australia times, the 6 p.m. to midnight slot, you know, have you kind of come up with these shifts where it's either evening, weekends or in the middle of the night? Yeah, if it's necessary, I suppose it was just that you started, you were so passionate about it on our last call that I and my team started just mentioning it randomly in Mm. our interactions. Mm. So subsequently, when um, a new client came in and they were talking about rostering, we did ask what their needs were and they did say, and then for that particular client, um, yeah, they're, they're looking at those three shifts. So there is a the Australian shift, um, the UK shift, which goes to about two in the morning, um, mm-hmm. starts at about four o'clock in the afternoon till two in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then the, the what we call the upside down or the, the US shift, because these are the these are really when those markets are open. But of course, they're working around the clock. So it's just like any staff. So any staff that we find... And look, that's an extreme example because obviously hiring people to work through the night is going to be based on your needs of your company. Mm-hmm. But it does point out a really good thing that as we look to recruit staff members for clients, we are going to ask them, when would you like to work? And whilst the most common answer will always be 8.30 to 5.30, your time. So if you're in a daylight saving zone, they'll work 8.30 to 5.30 and then when daylight saving moves, they'll move with you and then they'll move back with you. If you're in Perth, that's Filipino time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's occasionally some roles that you had before in the sales area where businesses might want them to maybe start at 11 o'clock and go through till 7 and that's fine. So it really is just under the banner of when would you like your staff to work and as long as that we know those things for those roles, we recruit accordingly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, interesting. And then if we go back to the marketing stuff for a second, another thing I'd like to point yeah. out is that as yeah. well as having a strategy, like some pragmatic things such as having a marketing calendar. So if you're going to get someone that's either the marketing manager or the social media content, graphic designer, video producer, all that jazz, you know, I would highly recommend that you have 52 weeks of a marketing calendar scheduled out for the year ahead so that you as the owner, manager, et cetera, have decided already what should be covered um, and then over time, that that resource will become quite independent in terms of generating that content and just posting it to all your platforms. Um, right. You know, and it's also yeah. the, the delegation piece, isn't it? Because there's going to be some things where, you know, having worked in the industry for many years, like I know that people just get so swamped for time. So the idea of even like posting it to, to TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and YouTube shorts and LinkedIn and blah, blah, blah. All of that can just come across as very overwhelming. Um, but but again, if you've got that extra firepower, it's just a consistency because that's their focus. You have. I saw when we were just chatting before the show that you there's a couple of slides that you had. So not the one you had on there before, but I saw another one of mine that you you flicked open and it had a whole heap of price points. Maybe you want to share that because I yeah, might just absolutely. speak to if that's not too much trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me bring that up. Um, 
in a second. So yeah, indeed, there's so many other roles yeah. that you can do. So here we go. Um, so yeah, virtual sure. assistant, customer rep, data entry, payroll processing. There we go. Quality yeah. assurance and compliance. I mean, that that that's a big one, right? Because again, regardless, you know, people in the NDIS will sometimes have um, systems such as to to list a few. You might have Visual Care, NYP, Nightingale, um, Lumery, um, CareView. Like, there's all these systems that are used for either support coordination or rostering, and they often have the compliance component. So, if someone you know makes a complaint and you have to implement feedback according to the um, according to the practice standards, that all needs to be administered. And again, like even the best client services managers or the best CEOs, they are just swamped so having a resource dedicated to ensuring and that that always happens it's kind of like having your own internal auditor you know and as it says here on the screen you can have that for 14 and a half thousand australian dollars a year like you can't beat that <laughs> and that's you raise a really good point this is why i wanted to share this because ir irrespective of this i mean these these numbers are going to move from time to time they're going to move sure. with the years they're going to move with inflation but the message is that it's roughly, it could be 80% cheaper, it could be 60, so we like to say 70, but also the fact it's just like Australia. Someone who's just straight out of university is going to be cheaper than someone who's been doing any role for two years, five years, and how confident they are. But what you were pointing out here as well, so let's say we know a new NDIS business that they're going to need help with rostering. I think segmenting the carer, carers as well, as I talked about, yeah. and an EA or a PA. So we know that's sort of the first mover. But just just. So what you were talking about, Chris, let's say that the, the, the business listening to this has a little bit of size. So they, they could still be small, medium or large, but they've got some size. And therefore, the business owner is doing strategy or marketing, or they do have a marketing manager and a compliance manager, etc. So let's say they've got a little bit of size. The concept of these, again, coordinators, because I use the concept of maybe a care coordinator. But what about, as you point out, a compliance coordinator exactly, or yeah. a marketing coordinator. So these are the people that will do the grunt work yep. for the leaders because you might be an organisation, um, if I'm speaking directly to someone, Chris, that has those onshore capabilities already. You have Australian team members. They're great leaders. So that's good. But we know, we speak to hundreds of them, they're swamped. So let's get them a resource. Let's get your organisation a resource so they just do you know, with you as the owner, the the top part of their role, the strategy, the guidance, the leadership. But when it comes to the grunt of compliance, the grunt of the posts, the social posts, um, all of that, that's all done for you. And that's yes. how we should do so that, Chris, like as you pointed out, is a great example of workforce segmentation. Absolutely. Um, we wrote a blog recently um, on, on your website um, about plan managers too. And the whole plan management model is very challenging because it's um, something like $104 a month per participant to process invoices. So it's like those prices haven't gone up in years. Like, is one of the, it's a, they, they often adjust um, the rates for support workers going out to do personal care or community access. But unfortunately, the plan management stuff hasn't changed in a while. And that's really putting plan managers in particular um, under a lot of squeezed pressure. Um, so that has to be solved through technology and scale. Um, i.e. it's never going to work as a business with just 100 participants. You have to have thousands, right? Um, so, but again, no matter how good you get at technology, there's still always going to be a human interaction piece where you're approving an invoice, validating it, QA, QA checking it, et cetera. 
Um, so, you know, again, as a specific reference to plan managers, I think those are great examples. I actually know I'm, I'm in conversations with the provider now um, that, that already use offshore um, for, and, they're, and they're as plan management business, actually. So it's interesting kind of hearing back outside of our conversations that, you know, a lot of providers are uh, taking the reins on that. A hundred percent. You need to, uh, you know, and and I was just here so often at, at events I'm speaking at or different engagements where I'll hear conversations taking place a little bit away from us, but I can still hear them. And, mm. you know, they'll make comments like, you know, and, and in this case it was about us, but they've said, you know, if you don't, it might not be next quarter, it might not be this year, but unless you use people partners, you're going to become redundant. You can't build your business the traditional way anymore. So, yeah, we need to be looking at who do you need onshore? Great. Who can't you find onshore or can't afford? Then we need to help you with that. Or alternatively, and the other option is that segmenting because I don't believe that the 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 the, the structure of duplication works anymore it needs to be segmentation every role should have parts to it that's how to make it efficient yeah interesting and in the last podcast we also talked about like let's say you're picking your first person offshore like that ea thing is definitely compelling but sometimes sometimes you can get if you recruit in the right way you can get someone that's quite a special skill set in the sense that they can they can be helping you as a ea they can be putting together your SOPs, your standard operating procedures, and maybe they've also got talent in marketing management and graphic design. Like you can get, like there can be, if you think about like the, the verticals of your business are the org chart, right? And all these traditional roles that are traditionally one human being. Sometimes you can split um, that, you know, five things into one human being, right? Which again, can be yep. a very resourceful way to start the journey. Yep, and that's exactly right. There are certain situations, and we won't go too much on this. We'd love to educate anyone that has this idea, but depending on your size and your volume, mm. there are situations where you go, okay, I need these three roles, but maybe I'm about three months, six months, a year away from those three people in three roles. Mm. So we may need to look at a generalist who can have some PA ability, has mm. the ability to help you build your business out, and of course, has that ability to do a little bit of social media marketing or something like that. So we can look for that. And then as you grow and the business grows, then that person only does two of those tasks and, and you find the next one and then you have one for each of them. So Yeah, exactly. Okay. So to make this super pragmatic so that, you know, I'm going to speak in the language of NDIS providers so that they connect with this for a second, right? If we summarize a conversation so far, here's what I would say are the prerequisites and the first steps in order to make various roles happen, right? So I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to roll this off in my head. For sales and marketing, you need to get me in to do a wonderful strategy. 100%. Um, right? 100%. But it's yeah. actually true. Like it's going to be completely oh. ineffective, right? Well, let me let me give a perfect example. So just I want to, I want to without any um, you know, benefit of getting anything from you, which which we don't. But that's a really good point because here's the thing. Let's say you don't have um, a sales manager or mm-hmm. um one in lead, you know, and absolutely you, Chris, you're the you're the guru for this. You will create that strategy, give them that guidance, give them that teaching. And then again, the mm. concept of a marketing coordinator or a sales coordinator could mm. sit in the organization to implement your teachings after you've come up with it. Correct. Exactly right. So have the strat, have the marketing calendar in order to do sales and marketing tick. And um, for rostering, maybe you've already got someone on shore, but you maybe you're a sale provider and you want to have evening and weekend cover. Fantastic. Get your rostering person to teach 
the new rostering resource that covers the rest of it. You don't even have to yeah. have everything defined. Like maybe the process right. of teaching could be the like the coaching mechanism for you to go, gosh, we really should write this down. That's a good point. Because often when you teach, you crystallize your thoughts. And so again, like it doesn't have to be a mental block. It could be empower basically that new teammate to join the rostering journey. Um, yeah. And then when it comes to compliance, you know, um, that again really should be about your systems and your processes. And it's just a case of um, that, that in short, that, that should be defined, you know? So it's so really, I feel like it shouldn't take too much for even the director and the owner to, to teach and define that kind of stuff. With all the stuff we talked about the EA and how they can help, you know, pull the load and, and, and define the SOPs. Um, yeah, and then for the rest of it, like it's just about, um, I'm trying to think here. I think like this is making it practical. And then the care coordinator thing, you know, I think it's all about that. That to me fundamentally links not just a process, but your IT approach to things, right? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like I mean, these are all. The more I talk about it with you, the less intimidating it feels. That's that's the that's the distinction I'm trying to get across. Well, you mentioned sales before. That's that's a whole different beast because when you think about it, that's a that's a property company, you know. And sure, in some cases, sure. it's 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 um, renting those those properties. In some cases, it's building them. And when you think about it, that's that's a property development company. That's a that's right. a rental company. And again, they've all got workflows that need to be followed. And I guarantee you, very few of those things need to be done in person. So therefore, they are part of your offshore team, just like any other property management company we have as a client. They they have people that need to do inspections that need to be able to do the rental forms. If you're developing, they need to be able to do the the, the DAs, the BAs, who's talking to the, the builders, all of that. So we can outsource so much of that, you know. So it's almost like the the, the bigger your the NDIS business's challenges are, mm. the the more we can lower their labor cost. So yeah, yeah. true, exactly. And um, you know, I, I know from experience of working in a variety of organizations that often when it comes to SIL or even SDA, like there's things that fall by the wayside that really can't, you know, so things like you're meant to be doing a condition report, you're meant to be doing your safety electrical tags, you know, every year and all that jazz. And who, you know, if you want to organize the plumber to come around or the electrician to come around, it all just takes time. Um, And there's no reason why that can't be done um, through emails and phone calls. Um, Right. Yeah, interesting. And then I suppose the macro point I want to talk about, and this I can again speak from experience because I I work with people that are sometimes starting out, sometimes they're going from you know up to the first four or five million. So I'd call that the small to mediums, right? Um, and people are doing a great job. Unfortunately, what I see as a pattern is that a lot of businesses are only just breaking even or they're very close. Like they might be making a few percent profit or just scraping through. Um, so, you know, I, I, I get it, I understand, um, but it becomes a more serious matter um, in order to get yourself profitable because um, when I'm coaching people, I often explain like, if you make a million dollars in revenue and, you know, and you've got say 5% profitability, if, if all this stuff hit the fan and you, and you had no money coming in, you'd literally only survive on average for about three weeks at 5% profitability. So it's really incumbent as you scale to take it seriously um, and get yeah. profit in the coffers. A hundred percent. And it's so, because here's the thing, more so than any other business that we work with, NDIS businesses normally come from a place of caring, from mm. a place of personal experience where uh, a person wants to do it better. So mm-hmm. they go and create the business. 
and it is our only niche market where a business owner actually ever asks us, well, are these salaries okay? Like they genuinely have a heart and we have to remind them, no, cost of living is very different. Trust me, most of your team members will be making comparatively more than you and have a better lifestyle than you. I think I told you last time, my staff still don't understand that I make my little girls lunches, take them to school, iron their clothes. They just assume I've got drivers and nannies because some of them do. But right. but that's the point. So, so NDIS business owners, we need, and this is why what you do is so crucial, we need to make sure that they are profitable because they genuinely are the good Samaritans of our community. They really are. That's actually true. So we need yeah. to make sure because they're coming from a great place. No, no, no business owner I've ever met in that vertical is mercenary. It's all about adding massive value. Mm. So we want to make sure that they're super profitable because the more profitable they are, the more good they can do. And that's obviously you you will help them, you know, show them how to make a lot of money. We'll show them how to save a lot of money and leverage their time. And, you know, it's all needed. So. Profitability is oxygen, right? It's the war chest for when things go wrong and it's oxygen for growth and thriving so that you can put it towards the purpose. I mean, let me just again paint an example for the benefit of the audience here for a second. Like if you think about, um, say, the, now the new price guide just came out, it's about $65 to go out and do personal care activities or community access. Typically, um, one will pay a support worker roughly about 60% of what you're grossing. Um, so if you think about the million dollar example, you can make a million dollars, but you've got to spend 600 grand on your support workers, right? After that, I always recommend that you spend a maximum of 10% only, as much as you can, um, on your general administration, office costs, and even ideally the salary of even the CEO. So then it becomes really tight because you go, gosh, a million dollars isn't enough to be able to cover that. So you need to scale. Um, but then the final point I mentioned, and I go into depth of this within my masterclasses, is that you need about a recommended 15% for customer acquisition. So customer acquisition should be the cost of a salesperson, a marketing person, um, graphic design, consultancy, agency, and advertising costs, all the sales and marketing, right? So when you've got 60%, 10%, 15%, that adds up to 85. And therefore that's what leaves you um, with a, a theoretical net profit of 15%. And, and, and I go into depth and teach people about this, but I'm just bringing it up to say, if you're not making more than 10% profit, you're actually in danger. Mm, mm, exactly. Um, yep. Yeah. 100%. And that's what so many people don't realize if they're coming into this and they haven't been in business before, they'll go, oh, we're making a million. But yeah, if you're spending, you know, 900 or you're spending a million five, mm. it doesn't work. So, yep. Yeah. No, 100%. It was great teachings. Great teachings. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, we, we've got, we've established a partnership now. Um, and, you know, I want for the people that are listening, to know that there are certain things that people can have conversations with either myself about or with you, Anthony, and your team. Um, like what I'll do in the show notes is I'll, I'll put a special link to show what that partner offer is um, so that people can make an inquiry because there is a benefit of inquiring to people partners via Peak Provider. Um, so, so whether you see like, you know, the blogs that I put out on the website or indeed um, the partner section of our website, I'll just, I'll put it on the screen here for, the benefit of um, the viewers here. So give me a second. Um, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning because there's no obligation to these things. And this is all about um, education here. But let me just put this up on the screen. Well, most of, that's a good point. Because most of what we do, we, we can't sell what we do. The only way that this works and our business model has worked for the better part of a decade and a half is by building long-term relationships because that's what we're going to do. We're going to be recruiting staff. We're going to be hiring staff that work for you only. Um, and adding massive value of what we do with them on a daily 
weekly, monthly basis. So that takes a relationship and it takes education. So yeah, that's that's what we do. It really does. You know, so there's two things I'd like to point out to people. Um, I think listening to our original episode is really crucial um, so you can get additional insight. And then the special offer that people can get through Peak Provider is that you can receive 50% off recruitment fees um, exclusively through this relationship. So, you know, understandably, when people providers go ahead and source people for you, there are recruitment fees that are that, you know, one-off initial cost. And so this is the point here that you can save um, through our partnership here. So in order to access the offer, all you have to do is submit a contact request through peakprovider.com.au forward slash partners. And then, you know, someone from the people partners team will be, you know, establishing that relationship and having a conversation with you. I'm also just to put yeah. it out there, I'm happy for people to give me a quick five, five, 10 minute phone call and pick my brains too. Um, because, Please. you know, I am a broad coach in the industry and I, I give a very honest opinion about, you know, what I think people's situations are. Definitely. Yeah. How, where's, you know, what are the ideas? And it's probably going to fall into a lot of what we do first, which is strategy because every business is different. So mm. yeah, that's a great idea, Chris. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, Anthony, we'll, we'll keep this one short and sweet. Um, I, I think yeah. you've done a really good job of, you know, showing a journey of, um, what it takes to say build a team of five people right but it, it, to me it's not intimidating it's exciting um, and there's some very good reasons to consider it uh, exactly and that, yeah don't get worried about yeah five to ten people we have clients all the time with you know 30 to 50 that come to us and go we need to turn an organization upside down so we we love workforce engineering with all the fives tens and thirties but we absolutely love taking people on their first journey and getting you that first ea or that first person with plan management or rostering so happy to start wherever the client the, the business needs us to start that's really good to know you do the whole range of the scale well brilliant well um anthony rice from people partners it's been a pleasure sir really good to catch up as always and um my name is chris hall this is peak provider if you're ever looking to scale your business through sales and marketing i'm your man give us a call um and anthony i look forward to having you on very soon for another episode oh, i'd love that chris thank you very much thank you everyone have a lovely day cheers